Welcome to the Getting My Act Together podcast. It is March 8, 2021. I hope your week is off to a great start and you work somewhere that leaves you not empty and soulless at the end of the day. I hope you feel like you're treated fairly in your occupation by your employer. And if you don't feel that way, you don't feel like you are achieving organizational justice or you're not in a culture of organizational justice, you can always go into the bathroom, turn on the faucet, and just let it run. And that will cost them money and cost resources to the world. And it will prove ultimately to you that you are as petty as I am. But that's what I would do. And then I I know, I know the other side of it. Well, then their water bill is going to go up and they're not going to be able to give anybody a raises. Yeah, it's all in the eye of the beholder. But there are some cases where you just are going to feel like you're not getting a fair fair shake of the stick and you have to take matters into your own hands. That's a real decisive, life-changing, world-improving action, isn't it? Going in, (laughs) squandering a resource. You do what you do. It's a cold world. Speaking of cold world, Atlanta has survived NBA All-Star... Well, not everybody. (laughs) I don't think everybody survived NBA All-Star Weekend, but we made it through the NBA All-Star Weekend, which, if you pay attention to local news in the city of Atlanta, you would have thought that there was an impending war happening before... The All-Star game. And I got to be honest, there was a good good energy in the city when I was in it most prevalently. Or that's not right. Prevalent? I was out Saturday with my daughter. My wife was, my wife was having some her time, a little under the weather. So my daughter and I had a long day out in the city on Saturday, and there was pretty good energy. <laughs> but the way the local news talks about talked about last week the all-star game the nba all-star game coming to town you would have thought that there was war coming up like well we're gonna have to tighten our belts and raise our chins and charge straight ahead into this difficult weekend because there's a basketball game being played here and lord knows that means there will be lots of gun battles in the streets And sure enough, there were. There were 13 shootings, but only 13 shootings. You would have thought, uh, I mean, it's a big city. 13 doesn't seem that bad. (laughs) I mean, it's a basketball game, so naturally there's going to be gun battles. I understand that there are other things going on. I'm just being a dick. But it's so funny how it's another reason Atlanta is the greatest city in the world. Prior to the All-Star Game, the city council and I think even the mayor, they're like, yeah, we're worried we don't want this big event here in the city because of COVID, but also uh, you're going to get fucked up by Atlanta, so please don't come down here. (laughs) One of the city council members, a a man named Andre Dickens, I saw a quote from him where he was, he was like, you know, it's just unfortunate. Something like, along, it's unfortunate. You know, we saw over the summer, 
A lot of people tried to visit our city, and they drove here, and they flew here, and they went home in body bags or coffins. <laughs> like, this is the realest place in the world. I know it's not in the whole world. I understand Yemen jumps off now and again, and uh, South Africa, or Johannesburg, or uh, somewhere in, well, you get it, Guatemala City, Nicaragua. But Atlanta fucking reps, and the city, even the city council is like, it's not a good idea for people because we're pretty good at <laughs> at uh, getting it on. Uh, anyway, apparently it was a pretty successful. Like, we need a State Department warning. When traveling in Atlanta, fucking <laughs> keep everybody's name out your mouth. <laughs> Don't rep your city too hard because you're going to get clapped up. I think that's what, that's the vibe. Anyway, it was, uh, the the city seems to have survived. There was, a like I said, a real good energy in the city. I The All-Star game was Sunday, last night. I, I tried to watch a little bit of it, and it was just impossible to make sense of all the colors on the court in the background. I, competing for my attention. There was just, it was, it was fucking chaos is what it looked like. It looked like an old person's nightmare, quite frankly. And you know what? That's what Atlanta would have been over the weekend, an old person's nightmare. It was not a nightmare for me, but uh, it, the, the basketball court with the, all the ads on the court, the players' jerseys, I think, were like fluorescent yellow and blue, and then all the advertising ambient uh, in the arena. Made it hard for me old eyes to follow the basketball. And they move it so quickly that I'm at a disadvantage anyway. So it, now I'm going to add to, because <clears throat> I don't know if I've ever been, and I've lived in Atlanta for close to 15 years, I think. 15 years. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever been in Atlanta for an All-Star game. I've been here for, I think, Super Bowls and SEC championships they have every year. You know, the Final Fours, the city hosts mega sporting events. But none of them ever feel like, you know, can we just survive this weekend, all of us, and get back to get back to Monday safely? They never feel like that, except for two football games. When Georgia plays Auburn, it's just like lay low that weekend. Because there's so many drunk Idiots. <laughs> my constituents, by the way, some of my best comedy show audiences, just all hyped up on uh, good old white testosterone, white male testosterone, and it's just uh, let's let's just try to get through it. When Georgia plays Auburn, if you live around the world and listen to this podcast, you or somewhere throughout the United States. You may not know, but um, Atlanta is is the base for a lot of Southern football enthusiasm. And uh, I think what happens is people who go to schools like Auburn, they go to schools like Clemson, the, the smaller town schools, when they graduate and they go get jobs in the proverbial big city, they come to Atlanta. 
And also in the South, they never let go of their alma mater. It's like, it's almost like a Confederate flag. <laughs> but it's, you know, people in their 30s, 40s, 50s, flying the Auburn flag, flying the Ole Miss flag. And you're like, cool, they rep. Good for them. I didn't have that experience. Well, you went to like 67 junior colleges, and you're unlikely to have that experience. So what happens is everyone... From this Atlanta, obviously, is the big is the big city, um, and so what happens is people graduate from the University of Florida, and Florida State. I don't know much about Florida State. I don't see them wrapped around here too much, but Florida, the Florida Gators, you see, because I think Florida is a pretty good school. <laughs> people around the country like the football. I think it is actually a pretty good. I think they have a good law school. I think they have a good business school, and they're in Gainesville which is where Tom Petty came from, and I think Against Me came from, St. Augustine in Gainesville. And, and what is the name of another band from down there? That when I used to play music, I played a show with them in Savannah at a place called The Jinx, and they were maniacs, and I can't think of their names. What a... What a rich payoff that is. So, to the outsider, Atlanta, you'd be surprised at the the iconography of schools down here. Like, you're in Chicago, you'll see some Northwestern stickers, and they are a little jerk-offery, uh, jerk-offy about Notre Dame. But down here, it's really prevalent, and I didn't know that till I lived here. So Georgia is huge, obviously. It's the state university. Uh, Clemson, Auburn, probably in this order. Georgia and Auburn are the two most widely repped schools. Then the University of Alabama and Clemson. And what you have to remember, if you're not from down here, is those are actually universities. They have classrooms and people get degrees from those places. They're not just... Football, which I, not just football, I struggled with sometimes. Like, holy shit, Auburn is actually, they have degrees there. I just thought it was football. That's how you think of it. Anyway, everyone reps their alma maters very strongly here. And they get very excited about college football. And depending on the year, uh, I am either, fuck yeah, I totally get it. Or you guys should grow the fuck up. <laughs> and pay those athletes who don't look a lot like you. Anyway, when Georgia plays Auburn, it's just the, the tailgate's too long. And they do these things like they start the games earlier in the day because they don't want everyone getting so fucked up. It causes, uh, it makes Georgia into a failed state. <laughs> So they start the games like at 8.30 in the morning. Like, all right, well, they can get fucked up afterward. George and Auburn game you want to survive as far as I'm concerned. It's just like an energy of like too many, too many idiots all hopped up on the wrong things. <laughs> and I say that as an idiot who likes to get hopped up on the wrong things. The other game that I like to just have the city of Atlanta come together and try to survive is when Georgia plays Florida, which 
used to be called until just a couple of years ago the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. And that also is a game where Florida, the University of Florida and the Gator, you see that all over Atlanta. That's another day where it's like, can we just get through this? Just everyone survive. Let's not have any cars driving into houses. And uh, there's usually a lot of uh, women, young women, girls, and they're over 18, so they're women. <clears throat> who start the day looking really like fresh and dolled up in their their uh, school attire and their cute dresses and then by the end <laughs> they're smoking Marlboro Lights and crying through that little blue alligator they've had on their face. It's a long fucking day when those games happen and for the civilians among us it was like let's just let's just get through it. But I think now I have to add to that the NBA NBA All-Star Weekend because, like I said, everyone the city was preparing like it was <laughs> like a war action. Well, certainly uh, Andre Dickens was, was doing that. So we made it through only 13 shootings. I think pretty encouraging for a city. This, I, I fucking don't know. It seems like there are shootings all the time in Atlanta because that's all anybody talks about. And I think only one person died. My exposure to All-Star Weekend this week was, uh, I think Thursday, I went to the old package store, liquor store, state stores, they're called somewhere, and got a bottle of tequila, and the liquor store was going off. It felt like it was New Year's Eve. felt like it was New Year's Eve and Freaknik. Or what I understood Freak Nick to be like. It was it look it was a good time. And then so that was my minor exposure to NBA All Star Weekend. And then on Saturday, my wife ordered four coffee cups from Creighton Barrel. And I was to go pick them up, or actually she wanted to pick them up, but I was like, "You're not feeling well. Let me. T- I'll take the girl. We'll get in the car. We'll drive up to Lenox Mall." <laughs> and anybody in Atlanta is like, that's probably not the place I would go on NBA All-Star Weekend in the middle of a Saturday. Yeah, I know. But it didn't cross my mind until I got there. I described getting the the first shot of the pandemic as, as first shot of the pandemic. First vaccine is driving up to a Beyonce concert, but there's nobody there, so you just keep driving all the way. Well, Lennox was the opposite. Lennox Mall driving up there was bumper to bumper traffic blocks in advance and i'm like why am i why do why am i sitting in this traffic the girl who was in the back seat jabbering with me we're having a nice chat we're listening to one of three things we're listening to the rod stewart song true blue we're listening to as she calls him bill withers or we are listening to an Against Me song called Thrash Unreal. Because one of the choruses, or the, one of the choruses, ba, 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 ba. And my daughter calls my wife, ba. So she likes that they are singing ba, ba, ba over and over. So we're sitting, so 
I'm like, all right, we'll go to the mall, pick up these mugs, uh, these coffee cups, and my wife will be able to get some rest, clear out her whatever's going on with her. She thinks it's a reaction to the vi- to the vaccine two weeks later. Um, and I'm coming down with it. You probably can hear it in my voice a little bit. So we sit in bumper-to-bumper traffic, and we finally get to Lenox. And I, I'm like, well, why am I doing this? And it's like, well, because I'm trying to extend the time. I'm having an afternoon with my daughter, give my wife a break. But it's fucking Richter. It is packed with cars in both directions. But somehow I still don't put this together that I'm driving myself into the teeth of that, and I won't be able to get out of it. So the Creighton Barrel at the Lenox Mall is in like an auxiliary mall. So I think my, my thought process is I can just get over here, jump out, pick up my mugs, and then sneak back out of the mall. And as a matter of fact, I thought I can sneak back around the backside of the mall. Auxiliary mall drops me into the loop to get behind the mall, and I just head out the other way. And frankly, when you're, it's one of those situations where you see heavy traffic. You don't really care if you're going home or not. You're just going away from traffic, and you're happy to have control over your own outcomes, and you're not just sitting there seething in traffic. So <clears throat> the girl and I actually got out of Crate and Barrel. Like, let's walk around Crate and Barrel, see what's going on. Oh, there's some stuffed animals over there. They're how much? $29? That's a lot. I'll do this one for 23 I'll get this uh, this B for 23 Just because. I'm, I'm, it was my first time being in a store, being that dad like, my daughter picks something up. I'm like, let's get it. <laughs> so I, I sent a message of weakness. I, she didn't even have to beg or fight or anything. I'm like, you want that? She's like, please. I'm like, all right, let's go. Walked around the store, got back in the car with the mugs acquired, and I'm going to duck around the back end of the mall and shoot myself out into the Buckhead night or Buckhead afternoon and slowly but surely wind my way back south and make my way home. Well, as soon as I got into the loop to go around the back of the mall, it became apparent that there was no escape that way. So now I have maybe three quarters, not even three quarters, I have half of a mile to go in bumper-to-bumper traffic where we sat in the mall trying to escape the mall for a good, like, 40 minutes. 40 minutes, and it was fucking dreadful because the girl who's in the back with me, obviously, is, I can only play Bill Withers. I only have two of his albums on the on the music thing. So, well, you don't have Spotify? No, I don't listen to music on Spotify. I only like it for putting out my podcast. And if you like my podcast, fucking write a review. <laughs> uh we sat in that traffic and it was uh, excruciating because she started, it's like a fire. When a kid starts acting up or getting fussy, she's not acting up, she's two and she's sitting in a bucket in the back of a car strapped in when she just wants to just run free. But it's like a little fire starting, like you need to put it out right away, otherwise it's going to engulf 
the whole car and it's going to be out of control. And my early attempts at putting the little fire out, the little squawk fire, those attempts were unsuccessful. So then it turned into a four-alarm fire, and she was raging, howling, home, home, home. And I'm just breathing, looking straight ahead, and I'm saying, sweetie, I'm trying. There's nowhere we can go right now. Too many cars, too many people. And she did not give a fuck. So I know I talk about not conveying emotionally challenging situations to you because who or stressful situations, but it's over. But I would like you to just imagine what it was like sitting in a traffic jam, go it like where the light would turn, you'd see the light go to green. And then by the time it went to yellow and red, like no cars in your line have gone. And you'd see the light do that like three or four times. And you realistically are thinking, is this where I live now? Is Lennox, should I just park and get out because I live at Lennox now? That's sort of, and then you add to that a two-year-old who you love more than anything in your life, but is trying to express her frustration. <laughs> Sorry, she's not trying. She is very successfully, very successfully expressing her frustration with the situation. And I couldn't get her back down. I mean, every once in a while she'd calm down, but then she'd go, home, home, ba, da-da, please, please. Like she was saying, please to me, like get me out of this fucking situation. And I'm sitting there stuck, <laughs> saying I can't. I cannot help you. You are my daughter. I can't help you. And we finally, literally 45 minutes sitting in half a mile of traffic. And as soon as we get out onto whatever road that is, maybe Lennox Road, and start moving at 19 miles an hour, she's fine. She's fine. And then I just was like trying to explain to her what happened. But I'll tell you what, it was, I don't have a big car. And <laughs> there is no car that's big enough that would have absorbed her howling. And I told my wife about it later, and she's like, oh, God, that sounds very challenging. I'm sorry that happened. She said, I'm sorry that happened to you. <laughs> and I said, I know, I, I felt terrible for her. Uh, and also for me. I felt terrible for me because I was with her. <laughs> I felt terrible that she was distressed and I could not help her. And I also felt fucking awful that I was sitting there and had to endure it. I didn't blame her for that, but <laughs> somebody would have felt, what I was trying to say is somebody would have felt for me being in that car hotboxed by my daughter's howling, I think. Someone would have felt for me. It was just, it was like there were day clubs, there were shopping, Lennox was going crazy it was going crazy there were way too many I don't know about way too many there were a lot of people there so that was my only experience with NBA weekend I didn't see any gunfire I saw a lot of young black people which I know authorities tend to think means gunfire but I just I didn't perceive that um, that was my that was it that was that, and then, like, we got out of there. I'm like, whew, 
wow, we headed south on Peachtree Road, and we stopped and had a slice of, my daughter and I stopped and had a slice of pizza at Fellini's, where there were uh, a couple black dudes who looked like maybe they were involved with All-Star Weekend. They weren't just, they, they were not working. They looked like they might be having a good time. And they said, hey, what's going on? Or they said, you know, what's up? What's up? How you doing? I'm like, a lot of energy out there. And they're like, man, like, like the city is hot right now. I'm like, and then I was like, so we're in a conversation. And I did notice he had, a, he had his firearm with him in his sweatpants. <laughs> and I said, did y'all go out last night? And they're like, no way. We stayed away from all that. I'm like, smart. That was my experience. We had a slice of pizza. And I mentioned before that I was not a, never was someone who was like, something bad happened in my life. Like, I'm going to drink and I'm gonna, I, need, I need a drink, that sort of thing. Daddy needs drink. Uh, I got to Fellini's and we had a slice of pizza and I got a Bud Light. And I just, I drank half of it on like the first pull. Because <sighs> what I wanted to do is show my daughter that's how you solve your problems. <laughs> you don't work through them. You don't process the experience. You quickly drink half of a 16-ounce beer, and you go, ah, okay. Better now. Better. But it sounds like All-Star Weekend, great success here in the city. Also, this the same day, big day for me and the girl, we went to Farmer's Market. Farmers Mar- our farmer's market is back. It's actually right across the street from that Fellini's. Our farmer's market is back, and we saw all the old gang. We saw the Eggman, who I've told you about before, who apparently is under contract for his own parcel of land. Everyone's been following this close- closely. If you need more information about the Eggman, and if you like $10 eggs, <laughs> if you can piss money away on $10 eggs, he's the man for you. But the I've talked about him at length on this podcast, and the episode is called, where, where I do that, it's called Grateful Pastures, if you want to go back in the catalog and hear about the Eggman. Very fond of the Eggman. We've, we have a nice little rapport, and uh, I gave him $10 for some eggs. Got some delicious bread. It was a, it was a big... You know, upper middle class kind of day. I'm going to buy some gourmet bread and some $10 eggs. How are we doing, everyone? Farmer's Market. It was back, and also they have, I don't know if I've told you this, but I go there every Saturday with my daughter, and they take like a two- or three-month break in the uh, the wintertime. But also this time, which I'd never seen there, they had a, I'm going to use this term loosely, they had a band. And I say use the term loosely because they were two people playing music together. But it reminded me of when my daughter plays with her friends in what they call parallel play. It's like they're not really interacting with one another, but they're playing. Right? You do your blocks over here and I'll do my watering can over here. And somehow that will make a collective soul song. (laughs) <laughs> that's what was happening between these two people who were playing music. They were kind of, I'm not shitting on them, they just, uh, 
musicians talk about good bands being that play a lot and they're in sync and they are responding to one another really well. You would describe that band as tight. This band was not quite as tight. But they were just they were there providing entertainment. It was it was nice. And and so we stopped because my I'm I just trying to have my daughter I'm trying to live through my daughter, so I want her to be a musician. No, we just stopped and watched the the band play the only Collective Soul song I know, which everybody shits on Collective Soul. I don't, that one song's got a good hook. I I can't think of how the song goes. You know, it's the only Collective Soul song anyone I know knows. Heaven, let your light shine down. Whoa! Is that one? It's called Heaven, let your light shine. Heaven, let your. That's so fucking lame. I'm just kidding, boys. I'm not kidding. It's lame, but it's a it's a jam. It's not a jam. It's got a good hook to it. <laughs> that do 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 do. Whoa! It's catchy. That's all. So they were playing that, and I was watching the woman who was playing drums. My daughter's rapped. The guitar player knew more what he was doing than the drummer. <coughs> and these are middle-aged people, so it's already a little bit sad, and they're covering Collective Soul. <laughs> Good for Collective Soul. One song I know, and they're still eating off of it. Good for them. It's a good hook. The guitar player knew what he was doing. And they also were kind of dressed like it was Christmas. They were wearing a lot of red. Which, maybe they were there since the last time we were, we were up, in the, up in the farmer's market. But, and they just stayed there for three months. Well, if they did, they weren't practicing. <laughs> so they stop invariably, as you do, because there's a cute little kid here and some asshole dad who's saying that they're really loose and they should have rehearsed more. <laughs> but I think what I might, I might have been doing, I was tapping out the time to my daughter because when we play music around the house, I kind of, I try to talk about time and really what she wants to do is figure out what I'm doing when I'm tapping my foot. One, two, three, four. Whoa! Heaven let you do three, four. But I must have been doing that with my hands with the girl because when they stopped, the woman playing drums said, maybe someone's dad is a musician. And I said, uh, you know, I wrote a little uh, song called Evan's Girlfriends. Yeah, I've written a bunch of songs and some of them are on the Internet for your consumption, for anyone's consumption. But I had a music collective called Joe Smith and the Going and the Going Concern. But I, I just said, yeah, yeah, I play, whatever. Play a little music. Can't sing a lick, but, you know, can write a lyric, I think. And she said, oh, well, I'm just filling in as the drummer. Instantly a light bulb went in my head. That makes sense. Because I could just, you just, I could just tell she was new to the instrument. 
She was slurring the rhythms. She was not tight. They were not, who gives a shit? They were there providing probably free entertainment for people just walking around with their daughter, which I appreciate. But she said, oh, I'm just filling in. Uh, Our drummer died. I was like, well, I'm sorry, but you're doing more than filling in. (laughs) You're the new drummer. The drummer's not coming. You just said the drummer is dead. You are. So you might as well practice. I was like, oh, I'm I'm sorry to hear that. And then she said, 26. And, you, you know, you're in that sort of, that that there's more there's more information she has right it's like if you go all the way back to the first episode of this podcast do i want to ask this person do i want to give this person what they want do i want do they like the guy on the airplane he has all the information he's dying for me to ask him and you know what on that afternoon or that night on that flight from boston to atlanta i paid it off i asked him and uh that was the very first episode of this podcast. But when this woman says I had a twenty-six-year-old person died, I'm I'm like, I, I I there's so much more in that story, right? Wow. And were they good at the drum? Are you? Is the outfit tighter now? Anyway. It's not that I didn't want to pay her off by asking her more of that when she's like, yeah, the drummer died, 26. And she has that face like, you know, there's a lesson to be learned in here. If you'll just ask me about it, I'll pass it on. And all she's doing is saying, that's how I've processed the situation. I'd like to share that with you. But instead, I just said, oh, well, what did you do in the band before? And she said, I sang. And the drummer never came up again. I just, I was not trying to be a dick. I just wanted to to move it along. Like, you know, we haven't, I have enough emotional connections with people that I don't really know, that don't know me. You know, like the, who, who would that be? I don't know. But you know what I mean? Like, well, let's just, let's move along with the day. But she said she sang and then she said, so she just hit me with the drummer died at 26. And then I said, oh, oh, that's great. You sang. And then she said, yeah, and we can't do vocals here. <laughs> like, my gosh, first the drummer dies. And now you can't even let your heart, you can't let your love, whatever it is. Heaven, let your light shine down. You can't do that. And then that was when I was like, well, you know what? We should keep walking around because uh, the girl's probably getting cold. And my girl was just enthralled by what was happening, watching the drums, watching the, and then they play, they, watching the guitar player who's like, if it were me, if I were the guitar player, I would probably think the guy talking to my drummer, first of all, if I were the guy playing guitar, I'd be like, how did this happen? (laughs) Not for him. I really wouldn't feel that. I don't know what the fuck he was thinking other than probably if I were him would be like, why doesn't everybody shut up so we can just play some more music because that's my favorite thing to do. And that's what I, I, 
I vibe on and appreciate. Music, playing music is maybe my favorite thing to do too. So we, we saw the collective soul, right? And while she was playing, right? She would take the, the, the sticks and like point them outward. Like she was making a dub, like, oh, well. I think I just bumped the mic here. So do, 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 do. Now you take your right hand, which is over your left hand, playing the hi-hat and the left hand, playing the snare drum underneath, and you fold them out like you're making a fan, like you put a fan in front of your face. That's what she would do. Do, 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 do. Sticks. (laughs) So she had a little flair to her. My daughter was watching the whole time, and all she said the whole time was, Money. Money. Because they had a big tip jar there. And it was filled with, filled with, it was, uh, what do you call it? Sugared. The pot was sugared, I think. Because I'd be hard pressed to imagine that many people had stopped and given her that much cash that early in the day. And sure enough, some white haired woman with mom jeans walked up and I, I don't know if it was at me or not, but she took out some cash and put it in the the tip jar and said, I'm hoping to set an example for some other people around here. You guys are great. And I was like, are you fucking directing that at me? Because I had just said to the woman, I only have cards. I don't have cash. Maybe I'm going to, I'm going to, what I said, what I'm going to try to do is I'm going to go buy a muffin or something and then I'll come back and bring you that. And she goes, we love food. <laughs> well, yeah, so so do most fucking people, but sure, I'll uh, I'll go get you something and bring it back. And I never did. I didn't even get, I should have given her an egg from the Eggman. But that's what my daughter noticed is money. She noticed that. And she noticed that because we have a dollar bill that's been traveling around our house for the last six months that the dog chewed half of. And... One of our dogs' name is George Banks. And she said, George choo-chooed money. Mama fix it. Mama tape it. So that's what she knew, money. And that was the extent of the farmer's market. It was good to see everybody. And actually, there's one person who I normally see who was not there, which vexed me. But uh, that's about it. It was a big week in Atlanta. I can't believe that I did not say much, but I've already been talking for however long I've been talking. And I just would like to close <laughs> with my boy Joe Biden. Not my He's not my boy, Joe Biden. The, you've heard me rail about the fucking... the, the self-righteousness of liberals, my own... People, am I a liberal? I vote Democrat. Yeah, I'm socially liberal. I like when people say, I'm socially liberal but fiscally conservative. Well, you know what? I'm socially liberal. I'm I'm the opposite. I'm socially conservative but fiscally liberal. Where, Who does that? No, I am socially liberal and socially fucking, and fiscally social or whatever. However you say that. But you know that I don't like the self-righteousness, which I don't perceive Biden as a lot of self. I mean, Biden, to me, 
as an old person's, you know, I've fucking seen some shit and here's how things are, self-righteousness. Rather than uh, you all are dumb, self-righteousness. Which I feel like a lot of other self-righteous liberals have. But the other day he was talking about the other day he was talking about states uh, opening too quickly, like I did the other day. <laughs> so we're reading from the same script. And he said states that that uh, open are subscribing to, and we have to get away from referring to states that are opening too soon and are going to bring the coronavirus back even stronger. He said we have to get away from That's Neanderthal thinking. And it's like, dude, if you're on the other side of that, if, if if I were on the other side of that and I hear, uh, oh, my guy, my governor of Texas is a Neanderthal, it's like, fuck you. Who, who the fuck is you? So maybe it was like a slip, right? Like, like when Hillary said everyone who does not support her is deplorable. Like, that's just, you're playing into their hands. And as somebody who voted for you, I don't like... I, I know that unity is is, <laughs> is is probably not a possibility in this moment, but that is not but but that does not mean I don't think that that we should just reinforce the divide. And you're the fucking president, so choose your words wisely. Neanderthal thinking. It's just it's not gonna move anything forward. And Biden, I also found out, uh did, who did not do anything to the crown prince of Saudi Arabia for killing a journalist. Didn't do a goddamn thing. Uh, according to a blah, 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 it was because of concerns about Iran and China and security and, and you know, we have to make difficult choices. And letting heads of state murder uh, people... With impunity? Well, yeah, dude, that's how the world works. Don't call people Neanderthals, Joe. I mean, <clears throat> you are like 89 years old. And also, where's Kamala Harris been? I need to see her. All right, I will talk to you very soon. Have a great week if you don't like your job. Remember, you can always start a podcast. <laughs>